0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay, and I'm so happy to have you here with us today. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Lily Trotters. If you are looking for a good quality compression sock that is cute and comfortable and functional, strong enough for a marathon, comfortable enough to wear for hours, and pretty enough to wear almost anywhere. Also thin enough to fit into all your favorite shoes. Make sure you check out Lily Trotters, which is the longest running sponsor of this show. Super grateful for their partnership. Also a great gift for any running friends in your life. Go to lilytrotters.com and use the code another for 25% off your order. All right friends, today you're listening to episode 334 and I'm talking with Katie Najao. Katie is a brand new Olympic champion. She won the gold medal in Tokyo in the pole vault. Had an incredible performance. She has a personal best of 4.95 in the pole vault, which is 16 feet, two inches. And listen, Katie was on the show in September of 2018, episode 142. So if you need a little intro to Katie, go check out our first conversation. And you know, when we talked in 2018, she had just started working with her coach that she's with now, Brad Walker. And she was two years from just missing making the Olympic team in Rio. She placed fifth at the Olympic trials in 2016. So big year for Katie, making her first Olympic team this year and then going straight for the gold. Katie is a lot of fun to talk to. And if you go follow her on Instagram, um, she's K-T-N-A-G-O 13. Just look through her pictures and her posts once she won gold and before she won gold and get to know her story a little bit more and you will celebrate that victory, that gold medal victory with her. She's really open and honest about fear with pole vaulting. Like it's a scary sport and she talks about that and she talks about how she manages that and how she she still faces that every day when she pole vaults even now being an Olympic champion. Uh, Really fun to talk to Katie. I hope that you all enjoy my conversation with her. And if you do like this episode or any of the episodes of the podcast, please leave us a quick rating and review. We are closing out the giveaway. We were giving away a pair of Gooder Shades for all the new ratings and reviews. So this is your last chance to get that in. We'll run another giveaway soon. Um, But yeah, give us a rating and review and we will enter you to win a pair of gooder shades. We're going to close that out this weekend. So um, we'll announce that next Friday on the podcast. Who won the shades? All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Katie. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have returning guest Katie Najao on the show. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. We are talking to an Olympic champion. How does that (laughs) feel? It feels pretty amazing. Um, I debated whether I should say Olympic gold medalist or Olympic champion. What do you prefer? I mean, I'll take any and all of the above <laughs> I'm not
1: <laughs> super picky
0: <laughs> oh my goodness so a whirlwind of events post Olympics you've already been competing yeah. again you've been at a bachelorette party this weekend have you had a <laughs> chance to like sleep or do anything else
1: barely um I feel like my schedule from the moment the competition ended has just been non-stop so it's I but I've I wouldn't have it any other way. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of everything. It's just a little overwhelming.
0: Okay. So I went back and listened to the end of the episode I recorded with you. Yeah. Must have been 2018. I didn't look at the date. 20, yeah. 20, maybe 2017. I don't know. It was yeah. after. It
1: was a while ago. <laughs>
0: it was a long time ago. It was after the, first, the 2016 Olympics. And mm-hmm. But it was a good amount of time before this Olympics. And mm-hmm. I listened back because I wanted to see what you said. Your I always ask everybody, like, what is one thing professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you said? I don't. Gosh, I would assume it'd be something along the lines of the Olympics. But. <laughs> well, I remember when I asked it. I thought you were gonna say go to the Olympics because you had been fifth at the trials in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you said win an Olympic gold medal <laughs> and get the world record. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. That's, I mean, I I, I wanted it, <laughs> um, and I I still would like that world record. I feel like it's something I'm capable of, um, but just gotta keep working harder
0: <laughs> okay so your pr is it's four nine five five yes okay and what is the world record it's five
1: oh six. Uh, six okay um so five oh seven would be the all-time new
0: world record so wow
1: which is not that far it's only like four inches so
0: <laughs> yeah oh my goodness um well so much has clearly happened since we last talked and yeah you know, I think when we, when we spoke, you had really sort of recently started working with your coach, Brad Walker, cause you started working with him in yes. 2017. Yes. Okay. So talk to us a little bit about the thing. I know that one of the things that you wanted to work on with him was like you, there were some things about your form that you knew if you needed to make it, if you could make it to the next level, you needed to tweak these things. So talk to us yeah. about like how you worked through that with Brad.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the the first and biggest thing that he tackled was my mental game on mm. the runway um, and the way that I thought and the way that I focused. Um, before I came to him, I was just a bit absent-minded. I would just, you know, let my body take over and, you know, and elements of that can be good, but I it was a lot of bad habits and a lot of bad technical things that we're just kind of overriding any sort of intentional, I guess, decision on the runway. Um, and I really wasn't able to get a whole lot better. It was just, you know, what I, I guess at that point it was more just raw talent. And I, there was a, again, a lot more that could be fixed. So by fixing the mental side, we could really then tackle the technical side because with pole vault, it's really hard to change things because you know it's scary. There's a fear element, so you, it's hard to get out of your comfort zone. It, in general, it's hard to get out of your comfort zone, but especially in the pole vault when there is that fear element of, oh, if I mess this up, I could hurt myself. So the big technical things that we really went after were my takeoff and just um, – I don't want to get too pole vault technical, but just when you break it down – it's it's a it's a, how well you transfer energy. and so it's taking the speed that you get on the runway into the takeoff to bend poles to then go upside down and it's it's all about transferring energy as efficiently as possible. And the way that I was taking off was I was leaning back, I was slowing down and I, I was you know letting my bottom arm really come in, which, the reason you want your bottom arm to push the pole up and away from you to create this bend to get you on stiffer poles. And so I was really just limiting myself with, I guess, this fear-based pole vaulting. Mm. Uh, A lot of it was just, I was afraid to pole vault. And so again, I would, I was just hesitant coming in. And so by really tackling the mental side, telling myself how to focus and how to tell myself what to do on the runway, I could then be a lot more aggressive coming into the takeoff. And so that was really just, I I, like it took
0: four, almost five years of of that. So (laughs) yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because when you're doing that with your arm, you, are you saying you think you were intentionally not doing the thing you were supposed to do because it it was scary because if you did that and then you hurt yourself?
1: Yeah, it just I, I guess. Um, and it's hard to know, like, I know, technically, what I was supposed to do in terms of, I guess, if you look at it, from a textbook standpoint, I know the positions and what they're supposed to look like. But I didn't understand the energy behind it. And again, I, I'm trying not to get too, too no, technical. Okay. On you, but, um, but I just, I guess they say like, really good coaches know how to make those things happen, not just, oh, you're doing this wrong. They know like four steps back to get you to do that. And so Mm. I think with pole vault, it's a lot of people just looked at my jump and said, oh, well, if you just had a bottom arm up and straight, like you'd be good. But what I didn't realize and what a lot of people don't tell you in their Facebook you know, comments (laughs) is it's actually the other hand that really like creates all the energy. And so I would just, the times that I would try to do it the way that people would talk about on the internet or, (laughs) you know, getting that big bottom arm, I would, I wouldn't go anywhere. I would just, my, my motion would kind of stop because I didn't understand that it was actually the top hand that was creating all the pressure and, and what was really moving the pole. The bottom hand just gets it up out of the way so that you can, you can move bigger poles. So again, I'm getting really technical, but ultimately I, I knew the positions, but I didn't understand the flow of it to make it happen in a competition with maximum speed. And, and yeah, I, I think also when you get into competition, your body takes over. So that's why it took so many years to kind of harness it because I revert back to old habits when You know, the bar is up. You got to clear it. Your body just kind of takes over. So, wow.
0: You know, you went to Brad and wanted Mm -hmm. him to coach you before he was like taking elite athletes. You clearly made a really good choice (laughs) and you were really bold with it. Like you're like, I want you to coach me. How did you choose him?
1: I so I had met Brad towards the end of his career his pole vaulting career and I was just coming on the circuit and the few times that I met him I just I I was just really anytime he would speak about the pole vault or I was always really engaged He just had this very engaging presence and I liked everything that he was explaining and and so I I was just reaching out to you know everyone at that point and when I I knew he took that job so that he could take on elites and so I I reached out to him and he let me come out and try it out and in two sessions he was able to get me to do what all these people had been telling me to do but it still felt like my jump and and so it no one had ever been able to get me to do it before and that was the difference and he made it so simple and he made it so you know n- not emotion-based I'm a very emotional person and so to make it just not scary and not emotional like I I knew that I needed to work with him and this is where I was going to have success and so I yeah I asked if he would be willing to take me on and and he said yes and I'm very grateful
0: for that so now he who else does he coach does he coach your team your USA teammates does he coach Morgan
1: uh, no, so he coaches um, – we have a small group right now, just pole vaulters. So it's Kristen Brown, who was in the finals at the Olympic Trials. Um, this past year, he coached Chloe Cunliffe, who had the high school record. Um, and then uh, Natalie Uwe, who's a Filipino vaulter. And then Robin Bone, who's a Canadian vaulter. Um, and so – and then this year, I think we're going to have a couple more coming in that we're going to – be pretty phenomenal so I think he's now it's becoming a bigger more elite group when I first went out there it was just me
0: yeah that's awesome (laughs) you know it's it's cool too because you're like the I mean you will be probably considered a mentor to a lot of these girls I mean you're the (laughs) Olympic gold medalist (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah I I guess it's I mean that's crazy to me I just I just love coming in and I love our group like I just feel like it's just friends coming in and hanging out mm-hmm. and I I'd like to hope that I can maybe just lead by example and just I I come in and I work really hard and I just do everything <laughs> Brad gives me and and so I I hope that I can show them and other people that if you just you work really hard good things can happen um that I I I'm not special like I understand that yes I am special but like Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. am talented and yes but I I just learned how to work really really hard and that was something that I wasn't born with
0: I had to learn a work ethic so (laughs) where along the way did you learn the work work ethic
1: I think really working with Brad, because I knew if I was going to keep working with him, I had to, I had to work my butt off. He just, he wanted someone that came in and just worked super hard every day. And I mean, he's a very motivating presence. I I just, when I first came, I just, I wanted to impress him in every way. And so I think that really helped having that external motivation create this internal motivation where now it's like, I, I, I just want to show up every day. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, there are days I'd much rather lay on my couch (laughs) than go to practice, but, um, when I'm there, I'm, I'm giving it my all. And I think he, I, I was afraid of the pain of hard workouts. And so I, I didn't really know how to push myself. And so working with Brad, I, we kind of broke through that over the years. So,
0: You know, it's one of my favorite parts of this job is that I get to talk to people and then like three or four or five years later, I get to talk to them again. (laughs) And a lot of times it's after you've accomplished something really big, like what you just did. And so I'm curious, like, what would you tell yourself? I mean, I know that you haven't listened back to the interview, but like that person that I talked to in 2017 after missing making the Olympic team now as an Olympic gold medalist, like what would you tell that person that was looking at that goal, staring that goal down three years down the road? Yeah, I just,
1: I'd say that it's worth it. Like, just, just keep coming in every day, keep working hard. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to come as quickly as you'd like it to, but it's, Mm. it's coming just, it's worth it. Just keep working hard. Just you're on the right
0: track. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank ZocDoc for supporting this episode of the podcast. Has this ever happened to you? You need to see a doctor, you search and find one that looks good, you wait on hold to book an appointment, you rearrange your schedule, and when you finally go in, you find out this doctor doesn't even take your insurance. There is a solution for that. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a doctor and instantly book an appointment with ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com another and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's zoc D-O-C dot com slash another. All right, back to the show. Well, let's talk about the actual Olympics a little bit. I loved watching your you did little recaps of you did a little like Instagram stories of (laughs) videos of like your time traveling there and then what the Olympic village looked like and stuff. And that was a really cool peek into the scene. But yeah. talk to us about getting to the final like just getting to the final and then we'll talk about the final. So,
1: yeah, uh I think coming in I was just I was worried. I don't know why, but I was just I was really nervous and I I can't really I mean I'm sure it makes sense why but I just I was so grateful to be there and I like there were moments where I would just start tearing up because I'm like, I did it. I'm an Olympian. it doesn't really matter what happens here, but this could be really cool as well. So um, going into the prelim, I was just very on edge um, and I mean it went very smoothly for me, thankfully. Um, but I will say it was not my the whole what from warm-ups, prelims, then warm-ups again in finals like it was not my best technical meet and I I don't know I I don't want to try and sound like I'm making excuses but I will say that the box sounded hollow Mm. and so I think now granted Mondo jumped phenomenally well with it Chris Nelson jumped phenomenally well with it so like I I'm not sure but I just noticed a a lot of girls, it seemed like we're coming up short. And that's what I noticed was that I just wasn't really rolling poles. in, so it just, it just left me on edge a little bit. But I will say for my, my first attempt at, in the prelims, I, a couple like fat drops started to fall for the rain. And I knew I needed to make that bar because I didn't know what was going to happen but I knew the the skies were going to open up and so thankfully I did but again it still was not a great like technical jump like I was coming up really short every time and I don't do that very often so um, but I made that and then the rain hit and it ended up I didn't need any more jumps and I will say after that I felt so much better I don't know why I think it just getting you know the rust off so to say like I had come off having food poisoning and I think that was an element too is I just wasn't sure how my body was gonna be um and so I I was just really happy that okay we, we cleared a bar we're good, we felt the runway finals are gonna be great and going in I I was so excited and I just I had this feeling like I like I'm gonna win like mm. I know I can win I know but then, <laughs> I started warming up for the finals and my quad, my takeoff leg, my left leg, it would not loosen up for anything. It kept grabbing, it kept cramping. And I mean, this is the leg that I take off. I jump off explosively. And it was the closest thing I've ever felt to where if I moved wrong, I, it would tear, it would pull. And I, it made me (laughs) Very uneasy. My entire warm ups was spent just trying to get it to loosen up. So, just a lot of, I don't want to say wasted trips down the runway, but there were a lot more run throughs and a lot more jumps where I wasn't really jumping through the takeoff very well um, because I think I was just hesitant, kind of feeling it out. And I just, I, I remember I just kind of said, okay, dad, like, (laughs) Mm.
0: if you help
1: me, if you, if you help this loosen up, I can take care of the rest. Just like, please, please help this loosen up. And it, it did, but I think that's why my first two attempts were, were misses and I was already, Like I'd said, there was something going on where I just wasn't rolling poles. So if I'm not jumping really aggressively off of it, like then it's really not gonna gonna roll. And so um that was those first two attempts I think were just kind of getting confident, knowing, okay, it's not gonna it's not gonna go, it's not gonna pull. And so it took me a little bit longer to get into my rhythm, but then once I did, it was just, I actually moved my step a lot closer on the runway than I normally would because just in this instance, I needed to be a bit closer and a bit picked up by the pole to, to move them, um, which is not something that I would normally recommend. Um, but it just, it's what I needed that day.
0: Man. Yeah. Because <laughs> you in, in the finals, like you did, it was it, you didn't clear four or five, two times, right? yeah which yeah. and just so everybody listening she goes on to clear four nine was it four nine one yeah
1: so basically uh so four fifty is fourteen nine and then four ninety is sixteen one so like That's well a over difference. A foot higher and it's a bar that I normally come in at if anything it's a little bit lower than what I've been coming in at um so yeah <laughs> very nerve-wracking
0: yeah, and I, I saw you said to, about your coach, like, thanks for not yelling at me, yeah. <laughs> those beginning ones, because it would have gone uh, a lot differently. What did he say to you?
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh, it was so funny, because
0: he knows that
1: I'm the type of athlete that if you yell at me, I cry, like, uh-huh. I just, I'm just, I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that, but yet, he's a very, uh, he's a very passionate person, and he gets Emotional and he has a little bit of a temper. And so it's like every time I walked over to him, his face was getting redder and redder, (laughs) (laughs) like trying not to yell at me. But he just kept looking at me, his eyes getting bigger and bigger going you're fine like just jump like you're fine (laughs) like I know I'm fine like so we were just kind of looking at each other like a standoff where I'm like don't do it don't yell at me (laughs) and he wants to yell at me um like I I could feel he so badly wanted to say this is the Olympics what are you doing and if he said that it would have been just over so I'm so glad that he didn't um but yeah he just you know he was just trying to obviously help me and give me all the technical things, but it was just one of those days where I, something was a bit off and I, I needed to self-adjust a little bit just with what I was feeling. And I, I, I don't usually like do things that Brad doesn't recommend. Like we have a very good relationship and I trust him, you know, to the nth degree, but I just knew Like what, based off, I mean, four years of us working together, like I can also just make some decisions that I know that he's like, okay, if it works, that's fine. Um, And so, yeah, it was just a combination of him giving me things and then me kind of making my own decisions on the runway.
0: Okay, so my favorite picture, because you have lots of wonderful pictures (laughs) of the Olympics.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Do you know which
0: one I'm going to say? What's your favorite of the ones you posted?
1: Honestly, it's really... It's hard to pick because, like, each one, like, represents, like, a different moment. Mm. And, I mean, so the whole meet just had moments throughout that just I was so happy with. (laughs) Like, it's hard for me to pick one.
0: Well, okay. So it's the one where you're on the mat and it's, like, an overshot. And your uh, caption is about your dad. Yeah. You say you set your goals to experience your dreams and your life will be truly extraordinary. My dad wrote this to me in a letter before he passed. And I think he owes me one last big fat. I told you so. (laughs) Yeah. That one had me teary. It's like, it's so good. (laughs) When did you think about your dad? Like you were saying something right before Uh. I rewatched the video right before your your final jump. What were you saying?
1: I just repeat my cues over and over again. Okay. And so for me, I'm just saying it so that – because when when you're moving, it's hard to, like, really process specific thoughts. So, like, it's, like, I'm telling myself what to do before I start so that that's fresh in my mind. Okay. But I do also say, like, come on, Dad. Like, I mm-hmm. that's always usually a part of that. So, yeah, I – Like I said, I was thinking about him before the meet started and yeah, during and yeah, it was pretty, pretty great. (laughs) I'd like to think he was helping me a bit. I I said this during my meet and greet. I gave a little speech, but my last jump that I cleared, um, I, as I took off the ground, my first thought was like, you messed that up like you like you just wasted an attempt it just felt so weird um and then i made it and i think that's part of why i was so excited too was there was a little bit of shock like that that what just happened like because when you take off the ground as a vaulter you know if it's going to be a good jump like mm. you know if it feels right it might not always stay because sometimes it's such a good jump that it's a blow through but that was not a good jump. And when I talked to my coach afterwards, he said I was so far under that the pole just like sucked me up and I just went straight upside down. But the thing about being under like in the pole vault, like (laughs) most of the time, like the laws of physics, when you're too far under, you get spit out at the bar. Mm. You don't keep going up. Like you, you get sucked up and then spit out. And so, I just, I just feel like there was like, I don't know, my dad had his hand on my back or something, like keeping me going upside down because like that doesn't make sense like most of the time. Um, So yeah,
0: it was just pretty, pretty special moment. (laughs) That was, and that's your, your gold medal jump, right? That's the jump you're talking about. Yeah. Because once you start running, okay, tell us the, the details in pole vault. Once you take your first step. Mm -hmm. if that doesn't feel right can you start over or like once you step you're done
1: no that, that was fine like the run felt fine it was just I think I had a bit more adrenaline and I just ran myself a little too close okay I think I was just running a little bit better um but so like that and and I was too close all day because that was how I adjusted my step but that one in particular was just too too close but I mean it it worked so <laughs> um, but yeah I mean I, th- so you can stop at any point it's just once you cross once you touch anything on the other side like basically from the plant box up to the crossbar there's this invisible wall mm. and anything you touch on the other side of it counts as a miss or oh. make. like that is your attempt okay. and so even if you take off the ground but you get rejected you could run back and take another attempt. It's just you
0: can't cross the plane is okay. what it's called. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that you've talked about a lot and I've heard you say still, like fear is just something that is a part of pole vaulting. Mm-hmm. So like even today, like if you go try to jump for nine, whatever you're close to your PR is, like are you scared every time? <sighs> um. Once I get into a rhythm, I'm not.
1: Um, but like sitting here thinking about going to practice tomorrow, like I'm, I'm anxious, like really? I'm nervous, like I. That will never go away for me. Um, there's just an element of yeah, like uh, it's just kind of and it it creates anxiety for me. It's not a stress relief, but I think that's why I love it because it just it challenges me every day. I kind of have to confront that rather than you know, I, my instinct is to run away from what makes me uncomfortable. And so, and B- Brad has taught me how to combat that, like with, with the cues, with the, the execution points that I can do. And so, but every, every meet, every practice, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous for, um, pole vault wise, if it's a sprint session, not so much, but, um, yeah, there. I, this I think there will just always be an element of anxiety around it for me, and so it gets. When, like I said, once I'm on the runway, and once I start moving, that tends to go away. It it really stems back to when I had a bad mental block back in college, and I think we probably talked about that on the podcast. But um, I just I, elements of that have always lingered. It's almost like I'm addicted to, like, the Mm. the anxiety. I can't, like, let it go. I don't know why. Um, But it's getting infinitely better. But, yeah, I just, yeah, there will always be that for me. Do you work with a sports psychologist? A little bit. I did this year, especially, like, post-COVID, just kind of figuring out how to navigate that. But uh, I wouldn't say I regularly see one. I don't. I, I should. But, um, yeah, I think, in a way, Brad has been my mm-hmm. psychologist. Yeah. Um, and I really, I think with pole vault, it can be a little bit tricky because a lot of, and this is nothing against sports psychs, but, you know, they don't understand the vault. It's it's hard to get it if you didn't do it. Yeah. And it's not that they don't have a lot of things that can help, but I Brad, what's great about him as a coach is he not only could do it well he understand he understood exactly how he got his body to do what he wanted it to do whereas a lot of people were just good and that they were they were just good and they didn't really understand it and they can't put it into words and he can and so i think that's in like i said in a way he's been my <laughs> my therapist as well as my coach the past 4 years
0: no i mean that's a really good point because any anybody can think about like Oh, it might be stressful and anxiety inducing to like go do a race, go run a race, a foot race. Yeah. But unless mm-hmm. you've like put yourself in a position where you're like actually could injure yourself, like flying yeah. over 16 feet, Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. high.
1: Yeah. And getting over like mental blocks, it's, it's, I think the, like Brad was the only person that could ever really get me to, to combat those things that, made me anxious and made me nervous um and yeah i i've talked with and that's having had a lot of like really good coaches but it just it's it's hard to explain to people it's really hard for people to get so they're like why don't you just take it up Mm -hmm. (laughs) like if only i could (laughs) you know
0: yeah um how about talking to your usa teammates after the race i know sandy morris had a really bad injury that she, you know, endured and she's an Olympic medalist in the past. So talk to me about your relationship with those ladies. Yeah. I, uh, I felt so bad for Sandy and
1: I just, I was like tearing up with her because Mm. it's like, I could just see and feel the pain but also like you know what that me- means mm-hmm. like everyone know like this, the olympics it comes around once every well 5 years yeah. you know like and you just work so hard for that one day and so then to have something like that happen on the day where you know it's just a fluky thing like it's just uh devastating i'm i think she's happy and i'm happy that it's not anything serious that she needs surgery for mm. it's not like a major thing but it's definitely something that she's rehabbing and it sounds like it's it's getting better but I know she's gonna wait till it gets a little bit closer to decide if she's gonna do the diamond league final mm. um but yeah I just I mean from a friend standpoint I Sandy and I have a great relationship so it's just I was just so hurt for her but also for, as a competitor you want the best of the best in the final mm-hmm. you want everyone there you want it to be a good and honest competition with your top competitors and so just even even if we didn't get along I, I still you know of course wanted to be her to be in in the final but yeah unfortunately that just that's the sport
0: yeah I could have had two Americans on the podium I know I know possibly uh. But you're really good friends with one of the other ladies that was on the podium?
1: Yeah, Holly. Uh she's awesome. I we just get along so well. Um she's she's from uh England and competes for Great Britain and she's just just a really awesome person. Like just very I, like she's just real.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. she's just she just loves to pull vault. She's just there to pull vault. She's not about the fluff and the like Glamour stuff, like it. Just she's just a really cool person, and we just get along super well. So it was so great being up there with her. Like I, she has been around for so long. Like we're the same age, but she was great a lot earlier than I was. And she's been to three Olympics and oh wow, many world championships. And she's she, you know, she hadn't meddled. And so Aww. for her to walk, come away with a medal, I was just. I was like, that's almost as good as that gets. Like having your, one of your, I mean, she's definitely, I would say like my best friend on the circuit, but I mean, I will, we'll talk outside of track and field too. So,
0: yeah, you know, it's crazy because a lot of people make it to the Olympics, but they don't necessarily medal on their first Olympics. You know, you like (laughs) skipped all the things you're like. (laughs) <laughs> Screw just making it to the finals. Screw a silver or a bronze. Let me just go get the gold medal. Uh,
1: well, I was uh, I'm 30, so I knew I wasn't gonna have a. I I was not going to have I I'm definitely gonna go for 2024. But you just never know what kind of shape you're gonna be in. So yeah, it's like you're here. You might as well take advantage of it. And and I I mean I had had the indoor worlds in 2018 where I didn't do as well as I was maybe supposed to, and then 2019 same thing. And so I think I've had. Those moments Mm. early enough, and then having, you know, all of 2020, we were able to keep training, which I know a lot of people weren't, and I'm, I'm very grateful that we had that opportunity, and that situation because that just allowed me to work on those technical things, and the mental game and everything you know, for a full year and every preseason that I had had with Brad, I had gotten better. Um, every indoor season I came back better. And then it was like having one giant preseason to really just, you know, knock a lot of those old bad habits.
0: All right. Another quick break here to thank Prevenex for supporting this episode of the podcast clinically effective supplements that promote longevity, performance, and everyday health. I spent so many years standing in the aisle at Target wondering what multivitamin brand I should buy. And I feel so good and comfortable with PrevineX. I know their products are clean and effective, all of the top-of-the-line ingredients. I've gotten to know the founder of PrevineX, David and I just really trust the brand. And so if you are looking for a place to get your multivitamins and supplements, definitely check out PrevineX. You can even just get a subscription service so that they just get delivered to your door every month. You don't have to think about it. And they also have a really delicious protein powder that my family uses every day. We make smoothies and we pack it with spinach and frozen fruit. And I know that my kids are getting a nutrient dense, well-balanced snack slash mini meal with our smoothies using the Prevenex Neurify Plus. They also have kids' vitamins, and they are tasty, but they do not contain all kinds of added preservatives or artificial additives. They are low in sugar, and my kids actually really think they're delicious. They also donate a bottle of those to malnourished kids around the world. For every bottle you purchase, they donate. Great company, I truly believe in them. Go to Prevenex.com Use the code ANOTHER and that will save you 15% off their order. That's prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER and that will save you 15% off your order. And if you do want to learn more about Previnex, I just wanted to say go listen to episode 51 on the Illuminate podcast where I interview the CEO and founder of the company. You can learn about how the company got started and why I believe so wholeheartedly about the company. That's episode fifty-one on the Illuminate podcast. All right, back to the show. Yeah, you know we saw a lot of groups doing like inner squad meets and things like that, but you can't really like create that with the pole vault. I don't think you never you never yeah. got to do any competitions, did you?
1: Well, towards the end, we did because uh, Paul Doyle was setting up a lot of the American Track League meets just so that, you know, his athletes could have something. And, you know, we, we train in this area. He, he and I are practically neighbors. Um, and so thankfully he was, but it was a lot of nothing. And then it was, okay, we have like six meets back to back Mm -hmm. where they are just, which, you know, if anything, that kind of got me ready for competing without fans. So that, that did, helped me quite a bit and just working with Brad where it's you know it's not about the adrenaline and the emotion it's just coming down and hitting your cues no matter what you're feeling so I think it was kind of a little bit of everything that that helped with that as well um, but yeah we I mean for most of the year we didn't think we were going to get to compete we didn't know what the situation was so
0: what was the first thing you said to your mom when you called her how <laughs> soon did you get a call her Um,
1: I finally got to FaceTime them, oh gosh, I don't, oh, I, I, things are a blur, so I don't remember if it was, like, (laughs) before my interview, or after, like, the, the mixed zone, or if it was after, um, if it was after, but I just, you know, I just said, hi, like, (laughs) sorry, I made that a little more stressful than I needed to, (laughs) but she was just ecstatic, and my whole family had been at our local uh dive bar just just watching and it was so incredible getting to see their reactions to me clearing the bars and then you know all burst into tears when they realized i won and Mm. it just i would have loved for them to be in tokyo but i think that was honestly such a cool experience for me to get to watch like their pure you know in the moment reactions and for her to be with everyone that we love, like all my extended family, my friends, like everyone that I would want to be in one place for this. And so, and then they all just hung out for the rest of the day. So I just, uh, I, I would have, I wish I could have been in two places at once because I would have loved to have been there too.
0: Yeah. I read an article. They had like a hundred people at, at your favorite like hometown bar they had like 200 people there oh, and then there gosh. was like
1: a hundred people down the road at the, at like the community one. It was just, the support has been just unreal. And especially since it was six in the morning, I mean, some people came and then went to work. like
0: just Yeah. Cause pretty, it was six in crazy. the morning.
1: Yeah. On a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so that was so wild. That's the, that was the hard part about us, you know, as fans over here in the United States is timing out the schedules.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Such a burden you all put on us. Yeah, Such a I burden. Know, I know.
1: Gosh, somebody commented on one of my posts <laughs> that was like, what a crock, like six <laughs> in the morning. And I'm like, you do realize like it's 7 p.m. for us and like it's the entire world. Like it's not just yep. the U.S. that watches the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> But okay,
0: yeah. Um. Okay. Lastly, we have to talk about your boyfriend because I don't think yeah. was he your boyfriend when I interviewed you. I don't think he was. It just, I guess, depends when we talked, I but know. possibly not. He and I started dating in
1: uh, February of 2018.
0: The episode was September 28th, 2018, is when I interviewed you.
1: Okay, so we. I mean, he and I had been together for a little bit, but it wasn't like. I mean it was still relatively early in the relationship so but yeah he's he's pretty fantastic um he's from England and okay. grew up going to diamond league meets so he really appreciates what I do which is awesome
0: Why did he grow up going to diamond league meets
1: Just cuz in England they just love oh track and field okay and so he was you know he's gone to several he went to the London Olympics. He helped volunteer at some of it. Um, he watched Usain Bolt break the world record and gosh, where was that Berlin? Like he just, he, he and his family just loved track and field because over in England, they really get behind it, um, in a way that a lot of Americans don't. So I didn't really have to explain much of my job to him, which was pretty nice and refreshing. Yeah. How did
0: you all meet though? Through Tinder. Oh, really?
1: <laughs> yeah, we just, I had just moved out of my coach's house. I was living in his spare bedroom, paying him rent. And I just knew that if I wanted us to keep having a, a good coach-athlete relationship, we probably needed our own space. Yeah, And, and so um, I got my own apartment and then just kind of said to myself, like, I, I didn't know how I was that I, I wouldn't have been able to really meet people yeah. because I couldn't hang out with the college athletes. And, you know, obviously, like Brad and I have become great friends, but, like, I I really went on more as a way to just talk to people. And um, he was coaching the club rowing team at Washington State and oh. um, getting his
0: master's. So he just – yeah, it just – it worked out. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I just missed the dating app period of life. Because yeah. <laughs> I met my husband. When I was 21 in college and like dating apps weren't as big back then, you know? So, right. Yeah. yeah that's so fun. I love it. So he yeah. lives here. He lives. You guys live together.
1: Uh, no. So he's in Gainesville, Florida. Okay. Um, and when I, uh, when we moved here to Atlanta, my coach and the group, Brad got into chiropractic school and that's why we moved down to this area. Um, And so Hugo was graduating with his master's and so was going to be looking for jobs. And so he just looked within driving distance basically, because I, there were a couple close within close proximity, but the, the pay was just not great. And I wanted him to I mean, we both wanted him to have a job that he really enjoyed. And as long as we could, you know, get to each other within a few hours, then, you know, we could still, it's still very doable. So, yeah, it's only about a five-hour drive if you hit
0: traffic. So, we still see each other a good amount. Well, I had to ask because I saw your post saying that, like, the (laughs) Olympic rings weren't the only rings you were thinking about or something like that. (laughs) Like, giving him a, joking with him.
1: Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. He is such a champ. He's like, do you know how many people have messaged me about (laughs) that? Oh, I bet. Uh, But it was funny because I had seen so many people posting captions with the rings that are like, these are the only rings I need. Like some (laughs) girls want engagement rings that these are the only rings I need. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's really cute. And then I just, I realized like the night before I had just... I made some joke about like getting engaged. I'm like, I can't even pretend that I could say that. Like, (laughs) I I want, I wish I was that cool, but I, I'm not. I'm clingy, and I know it. Oh, I
0: love it. That's so good. It's important to know those things about yourself, Katie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so (laughs) I'm gonna ask you some same questions as last time because I think your answers will be different. Okay. To wrap up here. Um, and I just listened to that very end portion of the conversation. So I know what your answers were last time. Oh boy. Okay. (laughs) Well, and you've, you've accomplished one of them. Oh, so (laughs) what we talked about, what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet. Now that you've done the Olympic gold thing, now what?
1: Uh, world record. Yeah. (laughs) So it kind of stayed the same.
0: I yeah. You've just, you've checked half the box though. So yeah. Yeah. Stayed the same, but you Uh, checked half the box. Yeah. I mean, I
1: don't have to check the other box for me to, you know, if, if my career ended tomorrow, I'd be, I'd be okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. I'm curious if you'll see the same person here. Uh, who's someone fun, motivating, or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea, or cocktail with? Oh, gosh.
1: Um, I, I know it's going to be different, okay. but I. Um, I just oh gosh. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I've always said Tim Gunn. I don't yeah, know if I that said was him it. in pass. Like that was it. I just I, I've always loved fashion so that like he's I just I just love him. So
0: <laughs> that was it. Same one. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> you haven't changed. You might have a gold medal, but you haven't changed.
1: No, I still like my things outside of Pole Vault.
0: <laughs> um, okay, and then what message do you want to leave with our listeners? Um, I just, I
1: I hope that I can show that if it doesn't happen immediately, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And that, you know, if you're persistent and if you work hard and, you know, some pretty cool things can happen. I, if I think my career has shown that it's been a lot of ups and downs. It's been a very, I would say my trajectory has been a general upward trend but it's been a lot of up and down within that and so um I just yeah I hope that I can show people that and I think this meet the Olympics and this year is kind of a big representation of that where I've kind of had to battle my way to the top it didn't you know I wasn't just great right off the bat I was I was talented and I had potential but I had to really really fight to to get to where I am. So I love it. Thank
0: you, Katie. Thank you. All right. Well, you are just congratulations. I'm so happy for you. you. Like, I hope that you're just embracing it and living it up. Are you, I meant to ask you, are you going to the next diamond leagues?
1: Yes. So I have one meet left. I'm going to go to Zurich. Um, and yeah, so hopefully I can, and with one last good competition, and then I'll take six weeks off.
0: Good. Which will be so needed. <laughs> Are you, is there anything you're looking forward to in those six weeks, like a show? Or I guess you probably want to catch up on shows and stuff.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to catch up on shows now. I think if anything, just
0: <laughs> as bad as it sounds, just
1: being away from pole vault for six yeah. weeks. Like, yeah. I love it, but like. It's just nice stepping away for a bit and just hanging out with my family without practice obligations, yep. hanging out with, you know, Hugo without practice obligations, you know, getting to eat whatever I want. Not that I go, you know, not that I just get gross for, because I can like, but I just not having to stress, okay, I have practice, so I have to eat at this time and I mm-hmm. have to eat this kind of meal. Like it can be a bit more laid back. So That's yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, you enjoy every minute and good luck in Zurich. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll talk soon. Sounds good. Bye, Katie. Bye. All right, friends. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Katie. Big congratulations to you. You all can find Katie on Instagram. She's KTNAGO13 over there. Go give her a follow and a big congratulations. You can find me on Instagram. I am lindseyhine626. I'm on Twitter at lindseyhine. And... Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Don't forget if you leave us a rating and review, we will enter you to win a pair of gooder shades and big love to Prevenex and Lily Trotters for supporting this episode of the podcast. Prevenex.com Use the code another. You'll get 15% off. lilytrotters.com. The best compression socks out there. Use the code another for 25% off your order. Thanks for being here. Two more episodes next week. We've got two more weeks after this of the double episode situation. I hope you're enjoying it. All right. Have a great Friday. A wonderful rest of your weekend. I truly appreciate you being here. And we will see you next week on I'll Have Another.